Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster. With me, Mr. J. John Spainhauer from Chicago. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. And to be clear, my name isn't Jane. It is Sorry, John. I uh, just about slipped up on that one, caught myself. It is John. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, I apologize for that. Uh, but this GDT podcast should make up for my little whoopsie there. Uh, quite the rebound that we saw from the past couple of you know episodes. Yeah, you know, Cody, if we were to look back over the course of the past few, like you said, pointed out there, the past few auctions, it's been kind of boring. Uh, down 1%, up 0.3%, I think, on the last one. And here we come into this one here uh, at 4.6% higher on the composite index. A couple big winners out here today on the uh, board. Skim milk powder up 5% and whole milk powder up 5.6% and butter up 4.9%. Cheddar cheese only coming in at 1.1% higher and AMF at but 0.8% higher. Put it together, though, and you've got a composite index up 4.6%. Um, just a really good um, result on this auction from a you know health of the market standpoint and a health of a bull rally standpoint. Uh, if there was one thing that you know the bears might want to walk away from on this one, it's that home of powder futures. You know we're expecting a little bit better of a result. Some of the futures we're looking for about a twelve percent gain, and we only got five point six. So uh, if you want to call it the class glass is half empty, go for it. But right now we'll just say whole milk powder had some catching up to do as it pertained to the skim and butter fat, um, you know, com combination, and it, it got going here. We're up five point six percent, and again this is, um, you know. It just reinforces the fact that the the bull rally that we're seeing here in the U.S. on our on our uh, dairy products is not in isolation. It's not in an envelope. It's happening in Europe and it's happening in New Zealand. And I guess I would make the argument that it's really being led by Europe, which is uh, a rally in Europe, which is uh, kind of um, uh, catching fire in both New Zealand and here in the U.S. I think from the mathematicus that you and I did before the we jumped on to get going on the podcast here, if you look at the prices in the EU and New Zealand, I mean, their class three and class four is still, uh, you know, high compared to what we are seeing in the United States. You know, their uh, their class three is probably the – it'd be easy to say, well, EU and New Zealand class three are the standout. It's actually the U.S. that's really the standout on the class three side of things. The EU class three price is about twenty five thirty four after this auction. New Zealand's is about twenty six fifty. And just to put that into some context here, in the cheese world right now, EU cheddar is about two forty and – and New Zealand after today's auction was about 252. Here in the US our cheese price average is about a buck 92. So it's really the the US cheddar price or the US cheese price that is the outlier here across the world as we get up into the class 4 arena um after you know we'll, we'll just go ahead and call butter uh, around the region around collectively on an average of about 275. Um and then if we go to the non-fat, we'll call it about 182. The EU, New Zealand, um, and U.S. butter and non-fat prices are all in pretty good equilibrium. You put that across, and you're 
you know, call it a 25-40 on the average for class four. There's really not an outlier there. So what we can look at is to say class four, kind of in harmony, class three in the rest of the world, trying to find harmony with um, the class four price, if you will. It's just here in the U.S. that our cheese market is really struggling to, uh, you know, become part of the, the pack, if you will. And with our cheese price, I mean, we had what blocks fell lower about four cents today, and I think barrels half of a cent lower, but futures still hanging in there throughout the you know the rest of the curve into 2023, uh, which was you know pretty interesting to keep pace, not as high as EU and New Zealand, but but still keeping on that same trajectory. Don't you agree? Yeah, you know, um, today's spot action seems to be, uh, you know, it's it's always hard to know what, what drives things on a day-to-day basis. Um, what we can say is, is that, you know, the uh, in the day-to-day market right now, cheese probably isn't all that hard to get a hold of. If you want it, you can go find it. Um, and that is, I think, for the bears, they look at that and say, well, how can we be moving higher if if I can find cheese, we only go hot, you know, it, it's just not the sign of a, a bull market. And I guess I would argue and say, um, yeah, there's cheese here at this very moment in time. But I think there are some fairly big export deals that have been cut out there that are starting to ship and are, are going to continue to suck up our cheese price. And as it will be kind of like butter. If you remember that the EU and New Zealand butter price went higher, we started to see um, some, you know, exports go out the door. We also started to see butter production move lower. And there are a lot of people that said, yeah, I see the exports, but, and I see the, that butter number, but it doesn't really matter to me because we have lots of stocks right now. And it, it, it took a little bit of time, but go two months down the road and all of a sudden people said, you know what, we don't have as much butter as I thought we were going to have. Um, I think the cheese market is kind of in that same category right now where, um, you know, cheese production itself is relatively in good health right now, um, as opposed to the class four here in the U.S. But I think that it's the exports that people aren't kind of counting on right now and are, are realizing that are out there. And I think those, uh, you know, if those exports are able to leave the country, like we think and hope they will, I think that really keeps things tight here. Um, and you can make an argument that as we go through the rest of the year here, prices will just get progressively higher in that cheese world. And I think that's what the futures did today. You know, the spot market broke, the front end futures really had to take it. But the the back end, I think, is saying, listen, I, I, I realize there's cheese today, but there's probably going to be an issue tomorrow. And I need to go ahead and start pricing that in. Absolutely. No, that's a good point. I know we've brought up exports. I mean, that's pretty much been the big talking point of most of the the podcasts that you and I have done together. Do you see any change on that side or is it kind of still the same story of, you know, we're still getting these exports out of the country uh, once it really starts to take off uh, is when we'll see the, the biggest glut of movement. You know, I know I sound a little bit like a broken record on this podcast, Cody, but um, the first thing I'd start with is it does sound like cheese is finally starting to move. Um, You know, a lot of the logistics issues that were out there are are still out there. I don't want to discount that, but you don't hear about as much about it day to day. And I think it was really getting through that whole holiday season and getting a little bit of normalization back there at the port level. 
I know there are people out there that are going to call right after this podcast and say, hey, smart guy, I'm still having problems with with my shipping. And, and I, I can't know the, the ins and outs of every deal, but I, I do feel pretty confident that product is moving. Uh, the other part about it is, is there's going to be a very strong temptation here uh, on all of our products, uh, specifically right now in nonfat and butter, to say, hey, um, look, I, I, your argument about the higher prices and the international markets would lead to exports of butter and nonfat and, and cheese. You know, that was a, you know, maybe I didn't agree with you, but it was a sound argument. And it, boy, it looks like you were right. The, the the spot product rallied and we're in tandem with the international market. However, you know, we no longer have that discount. If we look at the nonfat price, as a matter of fact, at $1.85, we're at the same price as the EU, and we're actually higher than New Zealand. If we look at butter, we're at $2.78. New Zealand came in today at $2.72, and Europe's at $2.78. Hardly the kind of uh, prices that are really going to incentivize discount or um you know, uh, value shoppers from showing up here on the U.S. shores. And so there's an argument to be made that now that we've made the rally in these products, well, we're just going to lose exports. And that's going to be bearish for de export demand. And I think, the you know, I've seen this movie a few times. And uh, every time I think I'm going to see a different ending. And uh, this time I'm, I'm going to try to say, yeah, hey, I think I've seen this movie before. And the movie is that... You know, the, the plot of the story goes something like this, that when we were at that deep discount to the rest of the world, yes, that incentivized spot exports. And, and there were people that were willing to take the, the spot side. However, our futures curve was and still is on all of these products uh, discount to actually non-fat, it's not true, but discount to the rest of the world. But even at that time, it was, they were all discount to the rest of the world. And, and in my opinion, it incentivized long-term export contracts. And so even now that the spot price has risen, there's, again, there's this temptation to say, okay, exports are off, prices can go down. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to say that there won't be any loss of export demand, but I would say the overall overwhelming majority of these deals were cut on a flat price basis. Uh, I don't think that the international buyers right now are paying $1.85 for nonfat. I think they're paying something more close to $1.50 to $1.60, which is where our price, our futures prices were at when we started hearing about these deals. A butter, a lot of these deals were cut when the butter curve was under $2. And cheese, I think if you go back in time, uh, you know, two months ago, there was an enormous Jan to June cheese contract that traded out there 350 times at $1.78. I have no idea what was actually behind that, but I, I, you know, it's those kind of trades that you look at and you go, boy, if that was an export deal, then, you know, we, we, we're going to have exports locked up here for a long time. Um, and, I, and I think that's really what we're going to look at. So moving down the road here, Cody, do I think we're going to lose exports? The answer is I don't think so. Anything's possible. Maybe we didn't get as much as uh, I, I've got in my mind's eye, but I think we did grab a substantial amount. And I think we're going to continue to ship those out on that forward basis. Um you know, what can change things on the export level, even if you say, OK, I buy into that argument short to medium term on the longer term, what changes things? And I would say, you know, A, it's 
if we get to the end of these contracts and, uh, you know, then we have to go, you know, cut new export deals, we'll have to see where the futures and spot price are at that point in time and see if we're competitive or not. But also, we also want to look at it to say, where are where are those international prices at that point in time? Right now, as we pointed out, you know, EU cheese up at two or New Zealand cheese at 252 and EU at 240. Really, both their class three and class four in New Zealand and the EU, you know, above in most cases above $25, sometimes $26. Um, I'm not going to say that those prices are going to last forever. I certainly don't want to. But as we've mentioned a lot of times on this podcast that, you know, the the reason that we're one of the likely reasons that we're as high as we are in these uh, international prices is due to milk production moving lower specifically in Europe. The European milk shed is under pressure from environmental regulations. To to quote the Fed here, those seem to not be such a transitory issue and are looking to be more of a structural issue or a permanent issue at this point in time. I guess with that in mind, uh, we kind of look out there and say, hey, I think we're looking at some higher prices here, Um, you know, not just for the short term, uh, but probably the the medium to medium, medium term. I don't want to commit to to long term just yet. Uh, I certainly think these high milk prices are going to bring about more milk production. And yet at the same point in time, I think the U.S. is probably going to see the highest growth in milk production. The EU will struggle to have that. And that's going to keep the U.S. in pole position to keep exporting as much of this product as possible. Because not only will we likely be the cheapest like we are now, specifically in cheese, but we'll actually have the product to export, which I don't think we can say the same for Europe. I think that's one of the most interesting parts of, of this, uh, you know, this talk that we're having today is New Zealand and EU, they're closer to $30 on an, on an equivalent basis than they are to 20 which is kind of mind-blowing, even compared to where we are. I know we're in that higher realm also, but still, I mean, the their prices just... it's unbelievable where we are, especially for this time of the year, which I think you had mentioned on the last podcast, this time of the year, the futures curve has rarely ever held a high $20 value on the class three United States board. That's correct. I mean, just looking out here, it's the, uh, you know, a lot of times the futures market, you know, stands at a severe discount to, the current spot when we're at these levels. Take, for instance, even butter right now. Butter is at two. What do we say here? Two seventy-eight. And a lot of those back-end futures prices are trying to trade down sub two thirty. Right? Non-fat's really not giving us that same look. Right? The non-fat market is is, is really cleaning up that discount, but. Right. I mean, normally the the market tries to say, yeah, I understand there's a problem today, but tomorrow there won't be one. Right. When I look at the nature of this curve and the structure of it, I'm I'm tempted to say that the the market's not necessarily saying that. Um, It's not necessarily saying tomorrow this whole thing is going to fall apart. And I think that's one of the most unique elements of this of this whole rally is that the market seems fairly committed to the idea that prices are going to be higher here for some time to come. Yeah. I'm just, as we're talking, writing down prices for our next you know podcast, just to kind of see where we are and, and see where the rest of the world is at to kind of compare as we go uh, biweekly and, and see what everything looks like. Um, 
any any like big standout from this one, John? I know we talked, you know, the majority of the time about exports, but is, is there anything that you want to leave as like a parting uh, idea with the listeners about this specific GDT auction that you had noticed and, and put in the back of your mind? Um, I guess the the one thing that stands out to me is there's been a, a thought process out there that hey, uh, China's done. Um, they're 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 kind of done and. You know, or, or even then, the, even the people that weren't willing to say that, you know, it's been a pretty big concern of theirs to say, well, what happens if China pulls out of the market? And I think it's a, a legitimate concern. There just never seemed to be any data that suggested that that actually happened, right? And so uh, it's always hard when you're dealing in these international markets and waiting for data to come about. Um, you know, on exports or imports and, and, and A, it's never timely and B, you always have to worry about is it true or not. But so far, we really haven't seen the, the data to suggest that China is done or is going anywhere. Um, right now, uh, after today's auction from a regional breakdown, um, yes, their buying on this auction was down slightly versus a year over year basis, right? But it is still pretty darn strong. And it's one of the biggest purchases they've made in, in quite a while here on the auction. Um, and so they were only down 19% on a year-over-year basis. It's one of the better showings we've seen in a while. Last uh, On the last auction, they were only down 13 But if you go down before that, they were down as much as 50% on a year-over-year basis. And that was just from our standpoint, um, you know, them buying not on the GDT directly, but contracting off the GDT. And so, you know, when we actually saw the import data, yeah, it was a little bit lower and it, it reflected that maybe they weren't in a panic mode anymore, but the data never suggested they were gone. And now that when we see this type of behavior on the GDT, it just reinforces to me that they're not gone and they will probably play an ever-growing um uh, have an ever-growing influence over the outcome of the GDT moving forward, um, I, I guess. So, I, I again, I expect things to stay strong. Um, a, the one product that does stand out to me, again, is the U.S. cheese price. Um, I will point out that it not only stands out from a, hey, we could be exporting this stuff or should be exporting or probably are, um, standpoint again, 240 and 252 in the EU and New Zealand, respectively, we're at a buck 92. Um, that alone probably supports the idea that you know we, we're not we're going to find a floor in here somewhere. Uh, but even then, as we go to the class three, class four equation, just here in the U.S., Cody, the U.S. class four market at 25.52, class three roughly 21. dollars That's a four dollars and fifty cents class three to class four. Uh, again, uh, anything can happen on the day-to-day. It takes a little bit of time, but I would suspect that we're going to see solids in one way or another move out of one class and into the other and see an appreciation in that class three price here in the coming weeks to months. Okay. Well, duly noted, and, and we'll definitely take a look at that and and you know note that for the next podcast, kind of see where we are at that point also. Every podcast we've done so far, uh, you know, in the last three or four ones, prices have steadily increased, and um, we, we've, we've definitely, <laughs> everybody in the country has definitely taken notice of it. I promise there will be a day that uh, this market cools off and, and moves lower, but right now, Cody, um, you know, 
it isn't that day. And it's just hard to be bearish here in the U.S. on anything when we're at a discount, uh, on cheese at least. And on, on top of that, you see prices moving higher on, across all the products. And so um, until we see a real reason to, to get bearish, I'll, I'll just say that we're probably supportive to hire here as we move down the line and out of spring flush and into the summer. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for another GDT podcast with myself and John. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments, concerns, please get a hold of us. Uh, try to answer those the best we can. Phone call, email. Uh, we will try to respond as fast as possible and get those questions on the next podcast if need be. Uh, but until next time, we will see everybody in about two weeks. We appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm.